Sunday because here I am and there you are. And as always, I'm always grateful that you take the time to spend your Sunday afternoon with me and Hope. And today, I had mentioned in my face, KDK9 Facebook page, which if you go to mytalk1071.com, go to my show page. You can catch all the podcasts, the past shows. You can also get the links, uh, or the uh, yeah, the links to my KDK9 Facebook page and then to my KDK9 website, okay? But anyway, so I posted on my Facebook page that we will be talking about over-exercising because all you people getting new dogs out there, whether you got an adult, adult dog or a puppy, uh, we got to talk. <laughs> so we're going to talk about over-exercising your dogs. And uh, the, the basically what I would try to tell you is that how much damage you're going to do to your dog. But anyway, so there's a, you got, there's got to be a happy median, right? And then also too, the Dr. Jessica Levy, we have not heard from her since November because of all the holidays and not being here and blah, blah, blah. And so Dr. Jessica Levy is going to be here and we're going to talk about what drugs should you never give to a dog or cat that humans take? Because there's too many people that think because, you know, they think, they forget it's a dog and a cat. Okay, their system's different than ours. Right. Or what our system can deal with. And so, like, one gal gave a dog an ibuprofen. Uh, an ibuprofen didn't work out too good on her on the dog's favor. So that's what we're going to do is to discuss uh, drugs and dogs, what, what you know, ones you sh- you can give without you know major side effects and such, and then also taking questions from you. So if you got a questions for me or Doctor Jess, you know you can call that in. You know, so you can get uh, basically free vet advice. That's pretty doggone good. Yeah, I mean I don't know any place else you can get that. <laughs> and then plus, uh, the thing is, is that you could talk to the vet directly. Unlike, <laughs> you know, if you're something's happening with your dog, you know, you got to bring it to the vet office. You drop it off. The dog goes in with you know, that goes away from you. And you you have to go back to your car, which I am sorry, but they've got to they got to figure that out. That's not right. You know, the dogs and cats have a hard time going to the vet anyway. Right. It's yeah. so stressful. And then all oh. of a sudden, mom, dad, you're not coming with me. And then you wonder why the, the vets have been getting kind of bit lately and snapped at. Well, that's an old brainer because <laughs> the animal is terrified. You know, so, I mean, I don't know who sets the rules for the veterinary industry as far as they have got to open it up. Well, you just don't drop the dog off or drop the cat off. That's a stress situation anyway and then not to have the parents there and then for the um the parents now i do <laughs> i do get it there's probably some vets that are going oh i'm glad the parents aren't there because it'll be a lot easier without them and that's true with any profession <laughs> but the whole thing is is that there are many many dogs that are just crashing and burning because they're their, they don't know their mom their dad or, you know somebody they know all they know is that even if they know the vet they've been there before they don't know know them and it's always usually terrifying Kind of us going to the dentist, all right? So anyway, so I hope the veterinary industry will kind of start opening this up and figure out a way. I mean, why can't uh, the owners be with the dog? Everybody's got masks on or whatever type thing. Come on. But anyway, so hopefully you got some good questions. And this week, uh, it was kind of a weird week. Uh, Monday morning, 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> A good old kitty stole decide to, uh, you know, kick all in again. So it's up all Monday. Oh, no. Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't a happy Way to here. start your week. No, it wasn't happy. Oh. So all Monday into Monday evening, and then finally I got a little bit of rest. And then Tuesday morning, um, things start calm down a smidgen. But uh, still, I mean, just, I don't, have you ever, you ever hit kitty stones? I've never. Oh, this is, but, I think, my fourth time oh. now. I must grow them. I don't know what it is. <laughs> 
But anyway, so um, then, you know, you're just spent. You're just so tired. You're just like you got kicked uh, in the, yeah, in the side sure. with a ho- uh, horse. So he just say, and then on top of it, then guess what? Uh, I had not pooped <laughs> since Sunday until I finally took some uh, magnesium citrate last night. Okay. I mean, when you're, when you, stuff ain't leaving you, you know, your body's not happy. <laughs> Finally, we took care of that, and mm. now I'm alive. I was not a very happy camper. You would, did not want to talk to me this week. I was not. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're back I, to I, your I regular was, self, I hope. I was very, very crabby. Oh. Very crabby. <laughs> so, anyway, yep. So, and then, here's a little tip for all you guys that and gals that um, learned this from the Amish. I don't, I don't know if any of you other, other people know this, but... Uh, my girlfriend hires the Amish while we're in Wisconsin. They're building her cabin right now. But anyway, people, they, what they do for kidney problems, they take a teaspoon of baking soda okay. in uh, an, into water and then slam it. Okay? okay. Stir it up and then slam it. Honest to Pete, within 45 minutes, that it wasn't a stabbing pain. It was like an ache, you know, type thing. But it was better. Gone. Wow. It was just like... Hallelujah! Maybe I can get through this for once. Every time it's been a trip to the uh, to the vet, <laughs> to the doctor, and they had to blast my kidney stone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then I found out that oh. supposedly what you're supposed to do is take a half a teaspoon of baking soda per week. Okay. And you know what? I was waiting for it to taste chalky and yucky. Yeah. It tastes very salty. I was I was fine. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I had no problem with it. But anyway, of course, I like shots of whiskey. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you just washed it down. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but yeah, no. T- but so you're supposed to take a half a teaspoon a week, and it's supposed to kind of dissolve your kidney stones. Hey, baking soda is good for you, and it's not a chemical, so why not? And then if you are having a hurting instant instinct. Stint. There we go. If you're hurting, <laughs> then do a teaspoon with the water at the time they're hurting. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so that so that's a FYI, a little thing that I learned this week. And by Jiminy Christmas, it worked on me. Wow. I was really happy about last night. <laughs> at eleven thirty, I was right with the world again. <laughs> right in time for your show. Yeah, that's exactly that's all I can <laughs> yes. think is about. Oh Lordy, oh Lordy, oh Lordy. Luckily it's not too far from the, the bathroom here. Yeah. But but this thing is is it's still it's like no, it's just an inconvenience of <laughs> So anyway, it is they move the screen. Um, oh, yeah. They probably, I think they're doing some remodeling in your studio. Yeah, they moved the, the, my, the screen. <laughs> I haven't I been read. in that one. It's way <laughs> over in the corner. I got to lay way over here and see what's going on. So anyway, so yeah, so we'll be talking to Jessica Levy. We're taking your questions. And we're going to talk about over-exercising, uh, the ball throwing, long walks. And, you know, one thing that people don't realize, here's another PSA. People somehow understand when I tie it in with humans, if you if you were a human and did this to a human, like what you are doing to a dog, they can relate to it sure, better. Sure, right. Okay, there are some owners that cannot keep their hands off the dog. They're constantly, you know, you know, roughing it up or, you know, stroking it or playing with the ears or getting their face in the face. Now, if you put that into human emotions, no matter how much you love, like your spouse or your child, you know, if they kept doing that to you, constantly touching you and roughing you up and stroking you, <laughs> you know what I mean? After a while, you could leave me alone. 
You know, and that's what you folks have to remember is that don't always be in your dog's face and space. Now, obviously, it has to do with the personality of dog you have, just like with people personalities. There's some personalities that like are very touchy touchy. Okay, but even that after a while it gets old sometimes, and then you'd have to take a rest and then come back. And so that's why really look at and then when you pet your dog, do you rough it up? Oh, look at you, puppy. Oh, puppy, puppy. Oh, look at you, look at you, look at you. And then you wonder why the dog gets jumpy, bitey, and just nutsy. Right. All right. Be what you want your dog to be. All right. So that then the dog will learn positive manners. Don't rough the dog up. You know, oh, he likes it. Look at that. Look at how excited he gets. Well, it's just like if I came up and I took my hands and ruffled through your hair and you're just kind of, leave me alone. Okay. I'm thinking, oh, she's having a good time. Let's do it some more. And all of a sudden you kick me in the shins like, knock it off. (laughs) And by the dogs jumping at you and then nipping at you, they're trying to tell you, knock it off. So a lot of times think, how you interact with your dogs, folks. It's one thing to sit on your lap and give them a couple pats and type and stuff like that. But most dogs don't like your face in their face. Everybody wants to bend down to see the dog's eyes. Like, here, see, I'm looking at me. And you're right, right almost nose to nose. And you'll see your dog kind of turn to the side, giving you a calming signal. Like, get your face out of my face. Some dogs will jump up and nip your nose or your face. So, you know, sometimes you get what you deserve from a dog's point of view. So, please, be mindful. And I can't tell you enough that you need to read the book, People Training for Good Dogs by Berryman. People Training for Good Dogs by Berryman. A book I started writing, but Melissa did such a good job. I just promote hers. <laughs> but you got to truly understand because you can you have even a better relationship with a dog by just being calm and thinking and just teaching, you know, instead of playing rough games. And, and all of a sudden you got a dog that's a pushy, bully, jumpy, especially if you got kids. So... But anyway, okay, so we're going to, can't wait to hear your questions, and then we're going to have Dr. Jess coming on. Okay, what kind of dog uses a microscope? What kind of dog uses a microscope? Be back. Hello. All right, what kind of dog uses a microscope? I don't know. A Labrador Retriever. Ah! A Lab. A Lab. Retriever. All right, there you go. No. Of course you knew that was going to come in. Okay, let's go. We're going to get through a couple calls here. Dr. Jess is waiting on the lines. This, these two called right in, and so I don't, I don't want them to hang on forever here. Perfect. Okay, let's go to the first call. All right, we have Jane, and she has a question about aggression between two dogs. Ah, boy, that's been happening a lot lately. Hey, Jess, Jane, right? I can't see. Yeah. My, my computer is way over in the corner. <laughs> so I apologize if I mess up anybody's names. Okay, so what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, Katie, we've got... Um a dorky. Okay. Who's about a little over 13 years old. Okay. And a Jack Russell. Okay. Who is about the same age. Okay. And so both female, male? Um, the dorky's a male. The Jack Russell's a female. Okay. So what's happening? Well, we generally, my partner and I generally sit in the living room watching TV or something. Yep. And, and this generally happens in the evening. <laughs> and, um, I sit in the recliner with my Jack Russell. She's on the couch with her dorky. Right. And suddenly, for no apparent reason, the dorky uh, bears his teeth, starts to growl and bark. And my Jack Russell the answer's uh, responds you bet. with barking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how often does this happen in a week? Um. Well, you know, we've stopped sitting. We've stopped sitting in those positions because it happened frequently. Okay. 
No, you don't need to do that. What you're going to do is when you sit down on those chairs, put a leash on them. Okay? Okay. So, so you've got control of the situation. Now, is okay. there any time during the day that they do this to each other? They, you know, go after each other? Or is it just like when everybody's relaxing and then... It, it did happen. It did happen uh, <clears throat> earlier today. Okay, during the day. What was going on then? Nothing. We were just we were just sitting in, in the living room watching TV and <clears throat> suddenly... And, and yesterday evening, um, my dog and I were walking from the kitchen to the hallway. Okay. When we got to the dining room, um, the other dog just started to do his baring his teeth and growling. Okay, so then what, and, when they do that, what do you do? Well, um, my partner grabs the collar of her dog, and I grab the collar of my dog. Okay. And well, if my dog doesn't have a collar on at that time, I just try to hold her okay. uh, around her shoulders. Okay, yeah. No, and, we don't want to uh, do that. We don't want to do that. Both dogs now are going to be dragging a six-foot nylon leash around the house, okay? Okay. So that you've got control because you never want to grab that collar. Now, by grabbing it and restraining them, that makes the situation even worse, all right? Okay. What you want to do is when you can hear, like, you see the curly lip or you can hear, hear a little bit yes. of growl, what you're going to do is call them on, hey, 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 you be nice. Hey, hey. Hey, be nice. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, be okay. nice. And if you can see him kind of diffuse a little, start patting him. Oh, there you go. What a, oh, what a poppers. Oh, such a poppers. What you want to do is diffuse the situation, okay? okay. For, you know, one could have shot the other one a look like, you know what? You suck. Yeah. <laughs> and the other yeah. one's like, you want to make a bet? <laughs> yeah. And so what you want to do is diffuse it. Because usually when there's dissension among the ranks, it's because the humans didn't handle it right and creates even more of a ball of fire. And so, okay. yeah, so you never want to yell at a dog when they growl because that eventually they'll quit growling and just go for the fight or the bite. So what okay. you want to do is you just want to diffuse it by your voice. Go, hey, hey, you call them on it. Hey, 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 you be nice. Be, ah, ah, be nice. Ah. Be nice. And when you can see him kind of all of a sudden the tail wags a little, start petting him and then move along. Oh, good job. That's look at you. Look at you. Or if you're sitting in your chair, you know, you can get him to turn around to you and just tap the other arm. Let's say the dog is looking at the, let's say the, your dog is on the right side of you looking to the left at the other dog. Okay. 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 Yep. So then when he, he jumps up, go ah, 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 and have your hand on the leash. Don't pull and hold it tight. Just be ready to, if he goes forward, you bump it back. Okay. okay? And then okay. it's going to be ah, ah be nice be nice and then tap the left hand now he's on the right hand go, trying to go right okay yes. now what you want to do is get him interested on the other side if you have to we have put a squeaker toy you know in your chair so just tap okay. the squeaker hey what's this what's this and then okay. get to redirect him and get him okay like that and now during okay. the day same thing if you can see the tail go up and you kind of like, hey 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 be nice what's this over here redirect them onto other things use a squeaker toy whatever type thing and so then like i said usually what happens is that the, the humans handle it wrong and then it starts escalating and then, yeah. you know, things start getting out of hand. But let them drag that nylon leash always. Has, so you got to control without getting your hands in there so you don't get yourself nailed in case okay. it does escalate. And if it does escalate, now you got the, the leash to pull it out. And then yeah. what you're going to do is just, you know, everybody gets out of sight from each other so everybody can calm down. All right. Okay. And so the whole thing is, is that it can work, but stay calm. The minute you start screaming and yelling, knock it up, bad dog. That just escalates the stress, okay. and it's just okay. going to get crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just, just for the record, we we don't 
verbally. Oh, good. Know. Good. But some people, when they get, you know, they've had enough because yeah. it's just getting, is an ongoing thing and they're just sick of it, they start <laughs> screaming and yelling, you know, yep, even I if they're not that. a screamer or a yeller. But so just right, remember, right, re- yeah, remain calm, deepen your voice, slow it down. Ah, ah. Your job is to de escalate the situation, get their heads to turn someplace off other than on themselves. Like okay. I say, carry a squeaker toy in your pocket. So you just hit your pocket and all of a sudden okay. the dog's, what? What was that? What was that? Now they forget about themselves and they're looking for that squeaker. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So give that a shot. Got it. Okay. okay. Good luck. Keep me posted. Bye-bye. Yep. You got to de-escalate, folks. You never scream, yell, or whatever. Okay. Okay. Who's up next? We have Rachel, and she has a question about litter mate syndrome and rehoming. All right. Hi there. How are you doing? Hey, Katie. Great. Oh. Um, so we we have um, we have an opportunity to adopt a one year old Great Pyrenees puppy. Right. Um, we've had peers in the past. Good. And so we're familiar with the breed. Good. But um, we have an opportunity to adopt this guy. Um, he's one years old, and the family is desperately needing to rehome him um, because he and his his litter litter mate have been aggressively arguing i mean you can visibly see like the scratches they've teeth into each other okay i mean pretty aggressive okay um which isn't typical okay no <laughs> at least the nope. peers that i've had yeah um they have two small children they said they've been around other dogs they've never seen any aggression towards themselves or kids or or other dogs mm-hmm. but that's my concern is bringing this guy in um, should we be concerned that he could become aggressive towards us or others or other dogs, or is it typically just, you know, okay, has against he, the, the so he's sibling? A, he's a year old, and he's been with his yep. litter mate the whole time, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so there's going to be a huge adjustment not to have the litter mate around. Okay, okay. and to, because my guess is they're bonded to each other and not to the humans. Yeah. And so what you've got to do, so it's going to be, you know, some training, some having the dog on a leash with you. So he gets to know the humans and the, you know, I mean, what did you go meet him yet? You know, I've met him twice. We've spent a lot of time with him. And um, what does his demeanor to you seem like? Super sweet. Okay. I mean, everything that we've ever loved about a peer. Just okay. Super sweet. And there stubborn, you go. You so know, we don't, there's no, no aggression. Yep. There's no, and there's no guarantees to bring him home right. and see, you know, how he adjusts, give him time to adjust, you know, yeah. but, but, uh, not, I should, I hate when I say that, uh, not give him time to adjust, set your rules up. So the minute he comes in, he knows the rules, okay. you know, so you follow through on them. So he knows because you don't want to change, you know, you let him to do this for two weeks, but in two weeks you're going to change the rules that he can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, right. So set your rules up, stick to them. But like I said, spend the time having him hooked a, a humans in the house so he gets okay. to know who you are. Because he, like okay. I said, it depends if he was the leader of the two siblings or the one getting picked. Was he the one getting picked on all the time? No, he was He was pretty much unscathed. It oh, okay. was his brother that has like the scratches. So it okay. sounds like he was more of the aggressor. Okay, and is he fixed yet? No. Okay. Okay, because uh, that will help definitely get them fixed. Yeah, but, um, well, and that's my concern, too, because the past two peers that we've had died very young from osteosarcoma, and I, so I'm debating on that because I'm like, did we 
did we fix them too soon? No. So, the, the biggest harm to pets, dogs and cats, if they get yeah. fixed under six months, that's the okay. hugest problem. That's where okay. you're going to see a lot, a lot of problems, all right? Okay. And so the thing is, is that dogs that are fixed, like, you know, eight months to a year, year and a half, whether it's a female or a male, they do, they fare very well. Okay, there's a lot okay. there's a lot of info out there right now and there's just so much you know and and I just uh, but anyway so but you have to do what you're comfortable with okay you yeah. educate we yourself plan, we plan to to have him his fix but I guess my main concern right now is you know should we be concerned is this like that's dog no it's dog to dog it's not dog to human it's dog to dog so apparently they had some undertow and my guess is that they weren't running their pack right and so that's why it kind of escalated so sure so that's what i would do give them a chance you know there's a great pair rescue out there if it doesn't but i if it feels good and when you went to meet them and it felt right do it okay 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 good luck you You bet bye-bye all right let's see I'm not going to get it in at my time, am I? Oh, God, I didn't turn the page. Here you got you five go. minutes or five oh, seconds. seconds. <laughs> what can't you try? Why can't you trust a deer? Udemy, all right. But thank you for sharing your Sunday afternoon. Okay, why can't you trust a deer? I have no idea. They always pass the buck. Oh. They always pass the buck. Da-dum, boom. There you go. What can you say? What can you say? There you go. Okay. Uh, let's pull up Dr. Jess. All right, here she is. Hey, Dr. Jess, thanks for hanging on. I greatly appreciate it. Sure. So you, you doing? made good. Boy, we haven't talked to you for a whole whopping two months. So I'm still oh, yeah, I'm still glad you're on the right side of the daisies and doing what we all need you to do. Help us and help our pets. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Oh, there you go. There you go. How many dogs are you up to now? Just six. Just six. <laughs> I just cut. Well, actually, my everybody tells me I have one and a half because Ethel's so little. <laughs> Might even be one and a quarter. There you go. There you go. Okay. So we talked earlier, and um, I've gotten a couple emails this week of uh, people uh, that gave drug adult or human drugs to their dog and kind of had a bad consequence and so it, it led me to believe since you're going to be on today to launch you can you give us a list of what like one for dogs one for cats of the huge no-nos that human drugs should never be given to dogs or cats if you got a two lists um i would say um probably all of them what? <laughs> I mean, that, it, it, it's, it's a seriously risky business. The um, drug doses are often different, uh, even in human drugs that are commonly used in dogs and cats. Okay. And honestly, everything is way more toxic to cats. Okay. Um, so cats, uh, cats are missing one of the detoxification enzymes in their liver. All right. So basically, everything would poison a cat. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, but but really, I just think there's not really a safe way to kind of go about it. I've seen everything from tea tree oil to marijuana to um, a guy who gave his uh, his friend gave his dog an Aleve after hunting. And so he gave his dog to Aleve, which perforated the dog's intestines, Ooh. ended up at the emergency hospital. Okay. During the, during the surgery, they touched the dog's pancreas by accident and the dog woke up diabetic oh my so 
And the dog was lucky to wake up after that kind of thing. No kidding. So basically, uh, it's just such a hazardous thing to think about when it comes to medications. That's probably one of the biggest causes of poisoning in dogs and cats is people trying to use their own drugs on their pets. Okay. Because they think, you know, well, you know, gosh, this this, uh, drug helps me open up my airways and breathe. Maybe I'll give some to my little dog who seems to be having trouble breathing. Okay, or my dog uh, is gimpy, and I'm gimpy. And- rare, exactly. Rarely, rarely, if ever, a good idea. I just wouldn't do it. Ever, ever, never. <clears throat> now, Pretty the, much. A lot of uh, uh, dog owners have been brought up on aspirin for gimpy dogs, you know, like baby aspirin. You know, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? The huge mm-hmm. still, never, ever? Well, you just have to be aware that there's side effects to everything. Right. So... When I was in vet school, one of my roommates uh, found an old lab by the side of the road and brought it home. Mm-hmm. And she'd been giving him two aspirin a day because he seemed gimpy. Yep. And then one day he got into it with one of the cats. Uh, so there was this big brawl going on in the basement. I ran downstairs. The cat had just stuck him in the ear with a claw. Okay. It looked like a crime scene. Oh, really? Because of the effect that aspirin has on the platelets. Aspirin makes you bleed. Right, right. So it's very exciting. <laughs> so, you know, there there's so many natural alternatives for anything that you might grab in a crisis. Pretty much the only thing that's safe to use would be something like Benadryl. Okay. But even there, you have to make sure that it is, that the only ingredient is diphenhydramine. Right. Because there's like... Benadryl cold and flu and Benadryl, you know, sinus, whatever. Right. And so there can be other drugs in there that, that make the product much more dangerous. Ah, that's a good thought. I would. I don't take Benadryl myself. You know, I don't have allergies or anything. And so the only thing right, I kept, I, Benadryl, I just keep Benadryl on handy in case I get stung by a bee. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what people would use it for. It would be hives or bee stings or something like that. Right. But the thing, too, is, um, you know, you can always call the emergency hospital and just ask the person who answers the phone mm-hmm. okay. you know is this you know xyz is happening to my pet this is what i want to do okay and okay. you know they might say yay or nay or they might say you know slap your hand and come into the emergency hospital <laughs> there you um, go. even even with something as simple as um uh say your dog uh, ate something indigestible and you want to give hydrogen peroxide it has to be food grade hydrogen peroxide, and there there is a toxic dose. Like at some point, if you've given two or three teaspoons of hydrogen peroxide and your dog has not vomited, then you go to the emergency hospital. They have other methods that will work, but you can't just keep Give it a giving tool. hydrogen peroxide. Now, what is kind of the the dose? Is three percent hydrogen peroxide correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like you know, for a ten pound dog. What would be? I don't, I don't honestly. I I don't remember what the dose is because I've not had to do this in a long, long oh, okay. time. Okay, so you need for to a little Google dog. That. Yeah, for a little dog, I would give it by the half teaspoon. Okay. For a big dog, you could give it, you know, something like a gold retriever or larger. You could give it by the tablespoon. Okay. But again, you do it like two or three times, and if it doesn't, doesn't work, work, stop. Don't keep doing it. <laughs> right, right, and that's get, what, what. Yeah, just get in your car. Yep. And that's one thing, too, that people forget. You just use the syringe, put hydrogen peroxide to make your dog throw up, and they're standing in the living room on your white carpet. 
you know, hello, <laughs> let's put the whole situation together. Let's get him outside if possible or in the garage. So when he Ralphs, you know, that it's in a place that you're not, oh, my gosh, look what he did. <laughs> right. Because that people, you're so in a panic, you're forgetting what he's throwing up on sometimes. So, yeah, and, and speaking of throwing up, like, that's probably the biggest thing that I get emails about that tends to be mismanaged. So people say, you know, my dog is, you know, acting weird, doesn't want to eat, barfed, um, maybe he's having diarrhea. What can I give them? Okay. And the answer is pretty much nothing. Don't put anything in their mouth. Nothing. No food, no nothing. Right, because cause then, then people... Then people start to raid the refrigerator yep. and they're like, well, do you want some bone broth? Yep. Do you want some of this? Do you want some of that? How about apple cider vinegar? How about it's like mm-mm. Yep. vomiting means that the restaurant is closed. Yes. Because Nothing you goes in the front door. You got to let the the um, restaurant c- calm down. <laughs> right. And, and some of it's just like, you know, just like with kids. I mean, they might have a terrible stomach ache and you want it, you want it to go away. But sometimes it's just a matter of, Patience, you yep. know, things yep. just take time yep. to sort themselves out. Yeah, everybody gets the knickers in a knot when, let's say, the dog doesn't eat breakfast. It's like, right. well, what, what's the dog? Is he? What's he like? Well, he seems a little tired. I said, well, like, is he falling over? <laughs> no, just leave him alone. Offer him dinner. See what happens. Because my Ethel, the three pounder, there's been a couple mornings mm-hmm. like a long time ago. She's missed food. You know, she's using doing the hotsy totsies to get the dish. You know, she just looks up at me like, yeah, not today. And it's like, hey, no problem. You know, because otherwise, you know, she was well after dinner or breakfast, and she came out, did got some water, looked around, sniffed for a little crumbs. And then it was just like that day she just wasn't hungry for breakfast. People, if the dogs skip something, they hit the panic. And like you say, they go through the refrigerator, try to give them anything and anything because the dog didn't eat. Well, we way overfeed our pets anyway. True. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, people need to just calm down is what it is. So, And the main reason why cats throw up on them, you know, everybody calls it a hairball, is basically from feeding dry food where they need to go to grain-free canned food or raw or freeze-dried or things like that because the dogs or the cats can't just digest that that dry matter. Yeah. I think you mentioned a long time ago is that if your kid threw up once a week, would you be trying to find out why he's throwing up? Your cat throws up once a week, so I don't say it's just a, uh, what cats do. <laughs> Figure out why right, that like, cat's throwing yeah. up. <laughs> Unless you're feeding dry food, and then you should stop doing that. Exactly. And any guys, some people are going, oh, I'm doing the can, but also free feed dry. And it's like, no, you take the dry food away and put it in the garbage. You're only doing grain-free canned and raw. And like I said, well, my cat won't, it just give it time. You know, they take change slow. They'll be fine. My Adeline, she rips open bags of chips. She rips over, oh, she gets me so mad. You cannot put anything on the counter. She'll rip it into it and eat it. And uh, these sweet pea or snap crisp or some dang thing, I'll tolerate them, mm-hmm. but they're not great. Yeah, she just shredded the whole ba- bag to take out one to eat it and then left. And it's just like, I mean, you are walking a fine line, cat. You are very fine line. But anyway, so she eats anything that ain't nailed down, you know, unlike, but anyway, but that's why she was brought up. You know, she never, she always got fed something different. So she's used to variety. So she has no, you know, kick about that. So anyway. Right. And that's, then that's a good thing to maintain. Oh, definitely. That in- interest in a wide variety of foods. Yep. It's great for and, a cat. Yeah. And at first it's different. 
you know, but then when they get used to that variety, all of a sudden, you, you know, you got a whole different cat. It's like, okay, what's today? You know, so it works out yep. really good. It really does. So we got a gal on the line that has uh, a question about Cushing's disease. Are you up for it? Sure. Okay. Why don't you pull up Lisa? Oh, wait. What? How close before break here? We have a minute. We should okay. probably run a break yeah, first. Yeah, let's okay. go to break first, and then we'll come back, and we'll take Lisa about Cushing's. Okay there, Dr. Jess? All right, let's. Here's the question. We'll have Dr. Jess answer it first, okay? So we'll, then, good. No, no, I knew it. We'll take some pressure off you. Yes. No matter how terrible things get for the people of Antic, Antarctica, they will not eat a penguin. Why? We'll be back. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Oops, wrong book. <laughs> Okay, no matter how terrible things get for the people of Arctica, they will not eat a penguin. Why? Dr. Jess, do you have any ideas? I have no idea. Okay. What about Maybe you they say? don't taste good. <laughs> what do you think there? I nope. have no idea. There are no penguins in Arctica. Oh. Oh, in the Arctic. Yep. Oh. Okay, there are no penguins. So that's why they can't eat That's them. why. Okay. Okay, there you go. Now you got a global lesson is what you got. Okay, let's go to Lisa. Her dog's got Cushing disease and see if Dr. Jess can help. Okay, hey, Lisa. Hi, Katie. How you doing? What kind of pupper do you got? I have a 15 to 17-year-old rescue Gordon Setter mix. Oh, my. Okay. I took him to the vet because he's been having problems walking. Okay. Long story short, she did the senior blood test, the full exam. Turned out the back knees move side to side, not up and down. Okay. But she also figured out there is probably Cushing's. Okay. And at this age, she doesn't want to do surgery on the knee, no. which I agree with. Yeah, definitely. And the Cushing's, she said, you know, is expensive to get tested. Okay. And also, it's not always accurate. So they've got him on meds right now. And basically, we're just kind of in comfort care, which mm. I did agree with. Okay. She's a great vet. I have All no right. complaints. Okay, good. But she's got him on a dog aspirin, okay. carfroin or carpulfin. She's got him on pain medication, gabapentin. And then now at night, he barks and barks. And it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. So now she put him on a sleeping pill for trazodone. Okay. My goodness. And my question is, does this sound bec- all right? He's becoming a druggie. <laughs> <laughs> At his old age, he's becoming a druggie. Okay, yeah. Doc, Dr. Yeah. Jess, what is your thoughts on this? That, well, pardon me? You know, it's, Dr. It's, Jessica Levy, the holistic vet, is going to answer your question, okay? Okay, thank you. You bet. Go ahead, Dr. Jess. Well, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's just up to the owner if this is how you want to proceed. It sounds like, um, I'm not sure what medication the dog is on for the possible Cushing's disease. But if the if the medication made the dog be more awake at night, now it's barking at night, and then you get another medication for that symptom, um, you know, who knows where this is going to all end up. So it's very difficult to comment on that kind of treatment. Like I pretty much mostly work with people who either want alternatives to drugs or they want to get their pets off of drugs. But I would say at the very least... Um, would definitely take this dog to a chiropractor 
Uh, you know, certainly at that age, pretty much everybody needs to go to a chiropractor. Yep, I agree and there. And if his knees have been bad for years, and if his adrenal glands are stressed, which is what the Cushing's disease is, okay. you know, chiropractic can really help with all of those things. Okay. So where do I do that idea. for a chiropractor? They're all around. What area do you live in? I'm in Crystal, New Hope, Plymouth area. Okay, go to Perpetual Motion, Dr. Rebecca. Yeah, okay. Perpetual Motion Animal Chiropractic. Um, okay. Is closest one. She's in Eden Prairie, and she um, there's a, a vet who rents office space from her, Dr. Deb Allerhand, who does acupuncture. So that, I think, would be a really good combination for your dog. Okay, well, I appreciate your help, and thank you for taking my call. Have a good day. You betcha. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, this leads us to another question, Dr. Jess. You know, the pain meds that they put on. You know, our human doctors Mm -hmm. and our vet uh, doctors, whatever, are so quick to, you know, give you a pill for this and a pill for that. Sometimes, you know, uh, like a a good pain medicine that can help many humans and animals would be the Boswellia, correct? Yeah, I mean, as, as far as herbs that are super safe and very effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Boswellia is a very common herb because people use it for arthritis all the time. Right. And it's very safe for dogs. It's safe at high doses. It's safe for long-term use. Okay. Um, so like what I did for my shepherd when he blew out his knees, he's about 80 pounds, mm-hmm. and I gave him twice the recommended human dose. Okay of the Boswellia that I use. So I doubled the human recommendation for an 80 pound dog. Okay. Um, uh, so, and it was really effective. I mean, obviously I did a bunch of other things when he blew out his knees too, but uh-huh. that was the pain control that I used. Okay. Okay. What milligram? Um, Cause I've got 1200, a powder, 1200 milligrams of Boswellia. What mega milligrams are you using? Um, it probably ended up being about 500. Okay. Okay. So you're doing it four of those a day, about four or five hundred. So that'd be two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For a ninety pound dog. Oh no, no. I I think two tablets together was five hundred. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Mhm. <coughs> uh, I'm sorry about that. All of a sudden, I swallowed and it's not going down right. <laughs> so anyway, so Don't that. Choke. I know it. So then, so that's another possibility she can try to try to back off of some of that pain and try the Boswellia. And you know, people that are, now one uh, one word that I hate worst in in the uh, drug in the animal world that seems to be very common is Rimadol, and people just don't yeah. read the side effects of Rimadol, and Rimadol is so toxic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, and that's that's one of the things that this lady's dog is on, right? That's the carprofen. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, carprofen is the drug name for Rimadol. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Like, I learned something new today. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's common to reach for a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory uh, and just put the dog on it. But I would suggest, now, this dog, she said he's between 15 and 17 years right, old. Right, For most dogs, um, just giving a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory is not a good long-term strategy. Uh-huh. So, although aspirin-type drugs may help relieve your pain in the short term. In the long term, they have um, effects on the liver, they have effects on the kidneys, and they end up being detrimental to the joints. So if you had a younger dog, 
and the vet said, well, here, just give him this pill twice a day for the rest of his life, it could potentially backfire on you. And that's why you have to do blood tests on a regular basis to make sure that the drug isn't harming the liver and things like that. So, um, yeah, you definitely have to be careful with drug-based treatments. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I'm a huge believer in Boswellia. But can you give Boswellia to, I know you can give it to horses and to my dogs. Can you give Boswellia to cats? Yeah, they do make a Cosequin for cats, the joint supplement okay. that has Boswellia in it. Okay. 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 You say, I say Boswellia, you say Boswellia. Boswellia, tomato, tomato. Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the same yeah, thing. I know it. I don't know it either. But uh, yeah, so what are some, and you talked about, and that was my first thing when she was talking about the knees. And, and when you get an older dog like this, is that my guess that dog did a lot of running in this day? Is that as is that my big thing that I'd like to t- tell people to do, you know, as pain management, if your dog's a little gimpy, do the Boswellia. But then also, like you say, the acupuncture pressure. And the big thing is chiropractic. It's all around mm-hmm. now. There's many, many uh, uh, clinics that do dog chiropractic. And so uh, I just wish before they reach for the drugs, they'd go to the chiropractor because they're also very knowledgeable about trying to do things more on the natural grid instead of pulling out the drugs, correct? Yeah. If they yeah. feel that it's needed and mm-hmm. after an adjustment and yeah. such like that. Yep. Yeah. They, chiropractors, because they're doctors, they have access to really good supplements. Yep. Yep. So things things beyond what you can buy in a in a health food store. Okay. Yes, that's where you can but, get. But I think you know it may be that you know if if the veterinarian is not familiar with chiropractic, if they've never been to a chiropractor themselves, then. Right. You know, it's just not going to be the first thing they think of. Right, exactly. Well, you know, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, chiropractic is only really coming to the world, would you say, the last five years? It's really kind of, you know, stepped up into the limelight. it's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah, it has. But I'm talking about in the limelight, you know, where you're hearing it and and people are doing it more. And, you know, it's becoming more that people are seeking it out instead of going, huh, really? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. maybe. No, I'd say the last five years has come to light, even though, like, I know I do understand that. It's been around for a long time. Well, it's only been legal in Minnesota not too long where human chiropractic can go, get certified to do animals. Correct? It hasn't yeah, been that I don't long. Know how long. I don't know how long the animal chiropractic course has been going on for, but honestly, I did that course in, um, I graduated in 2012. So okay. it's been around for a while. Yeah. yeah. No, I know, but more, you know, taking more interest in it is, that's, that's a huge thing. Yeah. So anyway, but how can they get a hold of you if they got any questions for you? Because you do phone consults and email consults, right? They don't have to come into your office. Right. Although I still have an office where I oh, see yeah. appointments every day. Yeah. Okay. But you know, yeah. I, no, you, but you can, you know, my phone consults have been literally ringing off the desk. And so it's kind of yeah. nice to sit at the desk and talk and not have to get in the car, drive through traffic, go to work, even though I don't have to. I just walk across the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I was gonna say you haven't gone to work in a long, long time. Uh, time. Well, I don't consider it work either. I just call. I'm gonna go walk, walk right. some dogs. Uh, you know, I don't consider it work. I just I'm happy to do what I'm doing. So anyway, yeah. how can they get a hold of you there, Doctor Jess? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. All right. Okay, so when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Jess. If you've got a question for her, please call. We've got some callers on the line, so we might have to take a couple of those so some more can call in. (laughs) So anyway, okay, here we go. What goes back and forth constantly but never is 
in a straight line. Back and forth constantly, but never in a straight line. We'll be back.